here? Uh-oh. Okay. When you were talking about revival, the Lord spoke to me about um, he wants to go further with Reformation. You talked about one person, and it came to my mind, Martin Luther. He reformed the whole, whole of Christianity, and you're on the cutting edge of doing the same thing. One person can change a lot. Well, I was with Miong, and she's a little Corey and crazy preacher, so we'll, we'll go together, I guess. Amen. Well, good to see you this morning. And You know, it seems like, a, what, a month or six months ago when we started at the barn, when uh, Ray Garcia was here. Well, that was two weeks ago today, wasn't it? And last Sunday is when Justin Todd Herod was here. That was just... We live in a busy time, don't we? Things just go zoom. But the kingdom of God is increasing. Say that. It's increasing. Listen, ever since the year that Jesus Christ took his seat on the throne, his kingdom has been increasing. Now, a lot of people think this world is getting worse. No, we just got more news now. I read in the paper this morning, in 1938, a lady in America was put in jail because she had slacks on in a courtroom. She was supposed to testify. The judge t told her, you come back tomorrow with a skirt on. She come back the next day with her pants on. He said, five days, you're gone. I'm telling you, things are better, aren't they, ladies? <laughs> well, there's a lot of things like that. But we just hear so much bad news that we don't hear the good news. We don't hear that there's uh, probably 200,000 or more people converted to Jesus Christ throughout the whole earth every day. Now listen, every time somebody's converted, another demon loses his stronghold. And the kingdom of God is increasing. It's going to increase. It's coming like this. It's, he's coming closer to us all the time. It's going to increase until Daniel 2.44, till his kingdom eventually crushes all other kingdoms. God is on the move, and we just got to believe that. Although in our nation, I guess my grandfather, your grandparents, your great-grandparents thought it was just really bad during their times. But we've got a lot of stuff we're living through right now that we've never been through before. And you're, you're going to have to... Christians have never been picked on or pointed out or suffered for the name of Jesus in this country. But uh, we're pretty divided in this nation, aren't we? We're going to talk about that a little bit. But see, we're in a time today where you're going to have to make a stand. You just can't continue to let the good old boys say, and you just say, yeah, uh-huh, and they think you're agreeing with them, and you're just not wanting to say really what you believe. And that's the problem with the world today is the church. It's on us that the church is not what the church ought to be. I got two amens out of that. Come on. Y'all are going to take me all morning to preach if you don't. George, say something good. Amen. Amen. 
Help me. But God is on the move, and we've got to believe that. I've got a, a good friend asked me this week. He said, pray with me. I'm writing a letter to my co company because they want him to take the jab, and he doesn't want to take the jab. Now, that's your choice, what you decide. But I don't want any government mandates. And I'm going to tell you, we see it coming more and more. He said, okay, here's what I'm going to tell my company, sort of what I remember of it anyway. I'm going to say, so uh, you want me to take the jab since I'm working for you, so does that mean that you're going to take responsibility for anything that happens to me from that? Well, he knows they won't. But it's going to complicate it a little bit more. He's making his case. That's what we talked about. Somebody said, you know, don't quit because you don't want to take it. Make them fire you. I mean, we've got to draw some lines in this country. We've got to make stands for what we believe. God is on the move, and he's waiting on you and I to get in on what he's doing. I want to let's look at the book of uh, Isaiah, <clears throat> chapter six, please. I appreciate all that God did at the barn. I appreciated Ray Garcia and the praise team from Lawton. I blessed Justin, Todd, Herod, and Rainey and their their ministry. And listen, if uh, you're Fearful of what's going on in the world today, you need to get in Psalms 91. There's two verses in there about pestilence and that God will protect you and He'll guard you. But you know, I, I think that our problem with not living in Psalms 91 is the first verse. It says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Have you been in the shelter of the Most High this morning? Did you meet with him in that secret place? You've been to that secret place? That's where he wants us to get. Well, this starts out talking about King Uzziah, and then that's all he's got to do with this chapter. But sometimes something really happens in our life that is a marker. And really, I, I, I've used our barn meetings that way. That's kind of a marker to me of what goes on in that year and such as. But King Uzziah became king when he was 16 years old. He was king for 52 years. He was a good king. <coughs> Pardon me. Until right at the last, and he decided that he could go into the temple and offer incense and offerings that only the high priest was supposed to. And they, they begged him not to do it, but he did it anyway. And you know what? Leprosy broke out on him right on the spot. And he ended his life living separate as a leopard. But this story goes on, and it's just Isaiah's life. In the year that King Uzziah of his death, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord, Holy Spirit help me, sitting on a throne, Lofty and exalted with the train of his robe filling the temple. Who did Isaiah see? 
He saw the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. That's, that's an early appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. He saw him. Now, you've been to weddings and you saw beautiful brides with long trains following them. But the train of the Lord's robe filled that whole temple. What a, what a magnificent, I mean, there wasn't an awe or wow left in Isaiah. I mean, he, it just took it all out of him, this view of the Lord that he saw. <clears throat> and he saw him, he didn't see him sitting in a chair. He saw him sitting on a throne. Listen, there's something about a throne. And there's only one throne like this throne. And he's on that throne today. And he's not worried about what's going on in the earth. He knows his plan is in action. He knows his kingdom is ever increasing. <clears throat> Angie alluded to this a little bit about we, we see, we can look back in our lives and see where we were and see how God has moved in our lives. <clears throat> Excuse me. Joyce Meyer tells a story. Great ladies teacher. Well, great Bible teacher, men and women. But she says, you know, I look back where I started. Excuse me. She said, I was smoking, teaching ladies, and had on short shorts. Well, that doesn't fit what you think about her today. But that's where she started. So we, we could, she could see progress in her lives. I can see progress in your lives. I can probably see more progress in your life than you see in your life. Angel. See, God doesn't manifest Himself to us as much as He <clears throat> manifests Himself through us where others see us. Isaiah. Sitting on the throne, sees the Lord with these seraphims. And this is the only place in the Bible where seraphims are mentioned. They're called cherubims in Revelation. But the seraphims stood above him, each having six wings. Two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. Can you imagine one of them, two of them fly through here? It doesn't say how many they were. There may have been dozens of them. And one of them calls out to the other. I'm telling you, you'll hit the floor too, Mark. And said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. Why didn't He say just holy is the Lord? Holy, holy, holy. Holy to the Father. Holy to the Son. Holy to the Holy Spirit. He was honoring the Godhead even at that time. These seraphims were. And the fountain of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filled with smoke. You know, the core belief of the atheist or materialistic people is that there is no throne. If there's no throne, there's no divine authority. 
there is a throne. There is a throne. And there is a king on the throne. And we live in a day <clears throat> when we've had a lot of preferences that we've called convictions. But you're going to find out whether they're really convictions. You're going to decide a lot of things you believe are just preferences when it comes right down to it. Convictions are something you'll really make a stand for. Some want to say convictions are something you'll die for you. When I first heard that, I realized I did have a lot of perfect uh, preferences. But we're in that day. It's time for the church to stand up. It's time for you and I on, on the workplace, on the job, you know, to make a difference in the way things are going on. They don't believe there's any seat of authority. But Isaiah witnessed all this and he says, Woe is me for I am ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. Listen, Isaiah was a good man. He was a, what we'd call a religious man, a good man. But I'm telling you, if we see the Lord like that, He exposes all the issues of our heart. And that's what's happening to Isaiah. See, we live in a time today worldwide where more people have the power of choice than they've ever had. Now, there are still some nations that are ruled by evil leaders where people can't make choices, their own choices. Aren't we glad we can still meet publicly? The church, secret church in China is probably the most powerful a great church in uh, Iran too a lot of them probably have to meet privately and, th and they say how do you know where we're going to meet well God gives the word to somebody and they just pray it and you better have ears to pick it up so you'll know where the meeting's going to be we're going to have to move up say move up we're moving up it's time to step up to a higher higher level we need to walk in, in all these things <clears throat> and some people you know there's a lot of talk about a harvest and why the harvest hasn't come why the prodigals haven't come back in yet and there's one word for a lot of churches and it says the prodigals hadn't come back yet because the church isn't ready to accept the prodigals as they are yet well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm declaring we're ready for them. They're welcome. They're, they may look a little different than you. They may dress a little different than you. But uh, that's, um, that, that's where we're at today. Woe is me. <clears throat> I'm ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He thought he was going to die because he'd seen the Lord. Then one of the seraphims flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. That's a prophetic word. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin 
is forgiven. Iniquity, whatever had happened that resulted in sin. And he said, it's taken away. Listen, we have that with our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it great? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. Forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah said, Here I am, send me. God didn't say, Isaiah, will you go? He just said, I want somebody to go. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Any volunteers today? Anybody hearing? I see a few hands. Come on, David. I'm volunteering you. <coughs> here I am, send me. That's, that's such a great story. And he said, go tell this people. Keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull, their eyes dim. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return and be healed. Isaiah says, Lord, how long? And he answered, until cities are devastated and without inhabitants. Houses are without people. Land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men far away. And the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. Yet there will be a tenth portion in it. And it will again be subject to burning. Like a terebinth or an oak whose stump remains. When it is felled, the holy seed is its stump. That is such a confusing, confounding message. I think most preachers was resigned if they just realized that was the message God was giving them to go preach. But you know, God thinks that's such a great word that that's quoted in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and Romans. Isn't that interesting? So the message is this. We get our heart, we're so unsensitive to the Lord. We get so dull, so dim to what he's saying that our hearts get so covered over, get so hard. He said, because if they really hear, they'll turn and come back to me and I'll heal them. So it's a process to press into what God <coughs> is saying. <coughs> We, we've got to hear with our spirits, not just with our ears. They'll hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return and be healed. <coughs> oh, pardon me. We need to return to the Lord to be healed. And he... He talks about a tenth. You know, if you think about there's only a tenth going to pay attention. That's not what it said, but that's what I thought about. It talked about a tenth returning. 
Everybody's not going to listen to you. But that's not our job. Our job is to proclaim what he said to proclaim. That's, that's our job. We need to proclaim him. Let me, let me look over and uh, look at uh, Ephesians 6. Turn over there. Here, here's some verses that we read a lot that we read over. Ephesians 6, let's start with Bart. Verse 10, you know about the full armor of the Lord. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Now look, most people think they put on the armor for protection. Come on. No, you put it on to go to battle. But we put it on just, okay, I'm safe. You're not very safe if you're not going forward because it, it covers your front. You better go forward with the Lord. But there are too many of us. We just got it on. We're not worried about a battle. In the middle of one, we don't even know it. Verse 13, 12, For the struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the powers, against the world forces of darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. I said a while ago, every time one of those 200,000 people that's being saved today gets saved, another demonic stronghold is torn down. Our job is to tear these down. Come on. But first of all, you know, I've got something in my pasture right behind the barn that I've never had before. And it's cuckaburs. And I hate cuckaburs, and I've hated that they've come up on the land. I think it's probably through the hay that's been brought in the last year or two. But I've got a plan how I'm going to... There's not too many of them, but I know kind of where they're at, how I can cut them off and poison that root to get rid of them. But that's like demonic strongholds in our lives. If something that you're battling, that you've been continually battling and it's a sin and you know it's a sin you can't get over it you, you need help to get that critter out to let jesus have that stronghold it's just like i'm battling them cuckaburs i mean we have to battle the strongholds within us first then we're to pull down the other strongholds whether it's over our family whether it's over a business whether it's over the church whatever, wherever god sends you Whatever we're about, that <clears throat> that's what we put the full armor on for, <clears throat> to fight these things. Our struggle is not against your wife, your spouse, your kids, your boss. It's against the evil rulers and powers in the heavenly places. You, you, we got blessed we got to go celebrate Mariah's birthday. Dixie and I, Angie and Rob, Mariah went to Branson. Rob had this three-bedroom cabin rented for us. And, you know, the first thing I did in it was plead the blood of Jesus over it. Cast out any spirits in there that wasn't from God. Clean that place out. Well, you need to do that over your job. You need 
You need to go in. I, I know a man that uh, takes care of a school, head custodian. He said, that's my school. You'd think he's the superintendent <laughs> because he takes spiritual authority over it. And you've got to do that. We've got to learn to do that. That's what that's about. That's what the full armor is about, to put that on. To get in the, Some of you need to get in the game. You've been bench warmers too long. And listen, when Jesus was here, Satan was God of this world. Now, I know 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 talks about the God of this world, but it's a little g. But Satan was the God of this world when Jesus walked the earth because in the three temptations, Satan offered him everything if he'd bow down to him. You remember that? So he, it had to be Satan's to give or it was not a real temptation. Right? Okay. So, he was. But, let me show you some other verses. Put up that scripture in uh, Hebrews 2.14. You know this verse. Therefore, since children share in flesh and blood, he, Jesus himself likewise, partook of the same that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil. He, did he not render him powerless? Yes. Answer is yes or no. It's amen. Okay. He rendered him powerless. That's why I'm saying he is not the big God of this world anymore. Jesus Christ is on the throne. Isaiah saw him. He's been there for a long time. In fact, he's always been. Here, here's another one, 1 John 3, 8. Jesus appeared for this purpose. The one who practiced sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. You know what? He wants to destroy him in us too. That's the process that he's in in our lives. We, you know, we get saved and we get free, and some people get totally free at salvation. Some don't. And sometime even after we're saved, we get into stuff we shouldn't get into and we pick up some demonic strongholds that we've... It's easier to get into them than it is to get out of them. He's not the God of the world now. Jesus Christ is. Here's, here's another one. Colossians uh, 2.15. Here's the image. 2.15. Let, let me just read it. He disarmed the rulers and all authorities. He did that. Jesus Christ did that. He, he did all the stuff for us. So we don't have to be afraid of the powers of darkness. We need to know about them. We need to understand them. And when you see wh how much is being stolen from you, you'll want to get in the game. You look back and see what has been stolen from you. And I understand that the things that have been stolen from me was my fault. I gave the enemy ground in my life where he couldn't have had any right to. And so when we repent of everything, we know to repent and ask Jesus to be the Lord of our lives. 
to take that ground back and we work that process of getting free from those things. You know, Jesus gave the example of a man going on a journey and he called his ten slaves and he gave them each ten minas, which is a hundred days' wages. One translation says he gave each of them a, a pound of silver. But, you know, he expects results. Say so he, he expects results. He came back and inspected it. And one guy says, Boss, my one pound has gained ten pounds. He said, I'll make you ruler over ten cities. Another one said, mine's five. I'll make you five. And you know, the one with one, well, I hid mine and take it away from him, give it to the one that's got ten. He expects results. You know, the church in Ephesus, when you read that in Revelation, a church that Paul preached in for 15, well, for three years, had to be a great church with Paul being the pastor. And yet, the Lord told him, you're in danger of your candle going plumb out because you've left your first love. Let me tell you what the church has lost today. They've lost Matthew 28. Go ye and make disciples. Go ye and make disciples. Very few of you brought anybody to the barn meeting. Where's it at? What's our duty? I don't care. You can tell me how much you pray, how much you study, how much you give. Matthew 28 says go. Thank you, George. <clears throat> Listen. It's not wrong to have unsaved friends. It's wrong to let them influence you. You better have some unsaved friends. Don't Tell me all your fr Christian friends go to church and everything. You need to reach out somewhere. Your world's too small. God wants your world to get bigger. You want it to get bigger in every other way. But you getting out of your comfort zone and beseeching somebody, come go with me. Angel, you did good. Amanda, you did good. Some of you brought people with you or got them to come. And I know it's not always easy. But Matthew 28 is still in there, isn't it? Where's that at? Where's that fit in your life? Oh, that's not me. Well, you're not in the army. You're not in the battle. Get in the battle. Oh, my God's just, my job's just to do this. Well, listen, my wife's job may be to cook, but she does a lot of other things too. Gifts are given, but we've got to step in and do the things that God wants us to do. There, there is a city, this city is full of people that aren't in the kingdom of God. And He's placed us here to be a, a light for that. And there's strongholds that need to be torn down over this city. We saw the businesses move in even just within the last year. They want to change Skytook. 
we went to a doctor in a different city and they said you're from Skytook we better check your teeth I mean he said it as a joke but he said it just because he knew there's so much drug stuff in Skytook is that not a stronghold that's a demonic stronghold come on where, where are you at in the game where, where's your lost friends Lord, we bless you. We, we just need you. The kingdom of God is ever increasing. The question comes back, is it increasing in us? He's ever increasing, but it's got to increase in us. We've got to let it increase. I was blessed at the barn, a man, when you read that word that Brooklyn sent. Yeah, I thought... Brooklyn's toiling on. She may be somewhere in North Canada, but she is toiling on with the Lord. So, come on, let's just stand up and bless the Lord. Where are you at in this process with the Lord? Let's just worship Him. Let's worship the Lord that Isaiah saw. Let's get in His presence. Let's, we need to have the go-ye's. We need to be about His kingdom. Lord, Your kingdom come. Your 